we have more uh, rooms on our physical campus that have been transformed into studios hmm. for our kids team, for our youth, for uh, for our weekend production. Yep. Everything's becoming a studio because Love that's it. all we have right now. Yes. And so that means there's things being recorded. And when that happens, you have stuff that you can upload to YouTube, which is yep. the very best place um, to upload stuff. And so that's how that's how I think about YouTube is if our stuff is on there, there's more of a connection point, there's more of a discoverability, not necessarily for our church to grow, but for our church to add to a conversation. to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron Magnuson. Aaron, let's talk It's been YouTube. a minute. It's Nils, been a little bit. I do want to talk YouTube, but yeah, it has been a minute since the two of us have been on uh, together. Yes. Um, well, for us, I should say, uh, but we were just on with the Mario and Julia from yeah. Transformation Church, which is uh, I feel like I feel like you're actually one of the few people that I have seen this year, uh, because at the beginning of the year, we were in, we were on a trip together. Um, and it's crazy because yes. I travel so much typically. And so I've been home in New York forever. And, uh, so while we've been apart, we actually, you've probably heard the person I've seen the most, uh, the most this year. Um, uh, but man, things are, obviously it's crazy. We've had COVID quarantine churches are changing. Um, we're having, I mean, just it's crazy conversations. Catch, yes. catch us up on one and all anything you're learning or seeing in this season as, as the online pastor at one and all? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that we've been working through that is actually coming to fruition kind of coincidentally this weekend is um, our executive pastor took us in a direction where uh, he decided, and it's funny because you and I are in these conversations a lot. And so yeah. I've been thinking this way for quite some time. And this is not a knock at all on my executive pastor. Um, or if you sit in that seat, or maybe you're a lead pastor and you've been working through some of these things, um, there might be people like me or Nils in your church or on your staff who think about these things. And so we're just, we've come to some conclusions a little bit sooner, um, but we are overjoyed when you join us in this thought. And so one of those things is, man, all we're doing is we're repurposing um, online what we we actually need to rethink about what we're doing uh, in person. So that it works uh, online. And so we actually, we're going to um, strip down everything about our service and re-put something together for online. Now, we've been doing things like preaching to a camera and um, doing some cool shots with worship, but the, the actual elements of the service are for in person. Uh, and so we decided, man, we need to take some liberties and we can do some things differently that wouldn't work in person or that would be really hard to pull off in person um, online. And so uh, we switched, we're switching from using the language of service to broadcast. And so one of the things that comes along with broadcast, there's been a whole bunch of production stuff that we've been working on, but one of the things is, and this is going to pertain to our conversation uh, about YouTube is how many times are we going live on the weekend? And we were going live for every physical in-person service. Yep.
go to our website and watch that weekend's broadcast. So, which solves kind of some issues uh, for people who might be joining us globally or in different time zones. Uh, you'll be able to watch it anytime. And then we're going to have, uh, we're going to go live. So we're going to air a service on Facebook and on YouTube on Saturday and on Sunday. Um, but I say all that to say, those are kind of the details of, of what we're doing. But the reason that we're doing it is because we're having to think differently about who is consuming content and how are they consuming content. Um, and so, I, and so I'm really excited about that to kind of reevaluate some of those things because it's not just good enough to translate what we were doing in person. We actually have to meet people and their consumption patterns, uh, where we're at in midway through over, like over halfway through 2020. Yes. Uh, and last thought on this, uh, the former co-host, uh, well, two former co-hosts ago, Jay Cranda. You guys, this listening audience, if you don't follow jcranda.com very closely uh, or you don't follow him on Instagram or you're not subscribed on YouTube, you need to go over there and do that. He released a video today when we're recording. Yeah. Um, oh, is your church acting more like the NBA or the NFL? And it, uh, he's very clear that it had nothing to do with the politics of either of those leagues, um, but it had everything to do with how are they interpreting uh, viewership and what are the strategies they're implementing for viewership. And uh, so in some ways the NFL looks like they're more successful, um, but they're playing an older game. Whereas the NBA is okay with sacrificing some of those analytics for the older game because they know where the consumption patterns are headed. So this is, I'm not going to tell you any more about the video. You need to go over to jcranda.com and watch it. But that's probably the biggest thing in this season, Nils, is realizing we're not doing things for an in-person audience anymore. And even when we do come back to gathering together in person, it, it's, it's still fundamentally going to be different. And so we need to position ourselves differently for that future world, whatever that looks like when we come back, yeah. per se. So yeah. that's one and all. It's, it's, uh, I love it, man. I mean, I, I think it's always changing and uh, we're in a season of massive change and disruption and things that will yeah. change and never go back to uh, the way things were. I, I was talking to a church yesterday in Texas that's kind of almost back to normal in the physical attendance, uh, but their online attendance has, sure. has stayed really strong. So it's really interesting uh, to see that kind of engagement. Awesome. And then obviously on the coast, uh, we see a different type of, uh, you know, we're, we're not gathering yet and not planning on it anytime soon. Um, it's right. interesting, Hillsong churches where we go in New York City, and they just made a shift, in it, and I was grateful that they allowed me to be a part of the conversation. And they were doing the same thing. They're basically doing a, a, the same video that was pre-recorded, playing it uh, on YouTube. Um, and I recommended just do it once and then let it be on demand. Don't, you know, like, uh, and so they just, basically did the release and they're seeing great engagement from that little things uh, can go a long way. And I think thinking yep. uh, instead of just translating what you do physically online, uh, sometimes you need to think about what is that consumption behavior online. Uh, and that's where YouTube uh, is, is become such a totally. big conversation. Uh, my friend, Sean Cannell, uh, who is the YouTube, um, you know, czar or whatever, you know, whatever you call it. Like he's, he's, yeah. he's master of YouTube. He, I think he, used to have a website, YouTube for churches.com. I don't know if he still has it, but he, he, uh, you had he, him on this podcast though, right? One of the best episode episodes ever. I mean, it was, it was probably totally. two, three years ago. Um, but he, he is, he's one of the greatest dudes ever. Uh, you gotta go follow his YouTube channel and learn yes. 
Uh, I watch pretty much every single one of his videos. I bought a Canon because he suggested it. Um, and, uh, but, but I will say, you know, one of the things that we're seeing though is a massive shift in engagement on YouTube. And that's where I've been recommending so many of my clients. And I think that's the biggest, so many focused on Facebook live because they see the massive numbers, but when they look at them in detail, they realize we're getting an average of 30 second views. But when they look at YouTube in detail, they're seeing average of 20, 30 minute views. Um, and so YouTube is becoming a, right. basically television, uh, but it's interactive television and it's searchable television. Um, and and yes. so it's, it's a fascinating platform. And, and Aaron, you and I work closely with Transformation Church, who's now passed, surpassed a million subscribers on YouTube. And, and that's their primary church platform. Um, and totally. while they had the church online platform and while they've still stream on Facebook and uh, but, but, YouTube is where, where their church gathers. Um, and so we have dug in deep with them. Um, and it's been fascinating to learn YouTube. Um, Aaron, I'm, I don't even know where to begin in this YouTube conversations because there's so many, uh, elements of YouTube. How do you approach YouTube as a platform from a pastoral perspective? Yeah. On that transformation church note, um, even, even for a church, like, so they have over a million subscribers and it is rapidly growing. We, our church has, uh, 9,000 and some subscribers significantly less. However, when I look at the analytics, uh, for our church's accounts over Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for us, uh, that has a, has a, a pretty good sized, uh, YouTube channel, uh, cause, cause clearly yep. transformation church is the outlier, uh, and like an elevation and outlier. Yes. Um, yeah, if you're anywhere in that five-digit range, high fours, five-digit range, you're doing a really good yep. job on YouTube. I yep. want to be clear about that. Um, but that is our fastest-growing platform as far as like, mm-hmm. like Facebook doesn't get more likes than the, than the amount of subscribers we get month over month. And so it is an interesting place where we're, we're not putting an excessive amount of content. I, I'd love to see that increase than our uh, weekend uh, message podcast. Um, we're starting to get those episodes on there. So there'll be some reoccurring uh, content that goes that way. But even if your church doesn't have a million subscribers, it's interesting to me that that still is our fastest growing platform. Uh, and especially we saw a spike in this season because that's where people can find everything that our church is producing yes. uh, on on demand in their time uh, and they feel more connected. So it's just interesting that um, platforms that, are, that do get you pretty quick information like an Instagram or like a Facebook YouTube is doing that in its own way um, as people are consuming more media. Uh, Anyways, yeah, where to begin? We, so I would say how we treat it is we understand, and and a lot of it comes from conversations that have happened on this podcast, um, not just between Nils and I, but long before uh, I I was even a part of this thing, co-hosting wise, I was a part of this thing for a long time uh, as a listener. Um, but just understanding that this is the number two search platform uh, in the world, Google being number one, and this is number two. And for a younger demographic, this is number one. Uh, They will go to YouTube first to figure out and get their questions answered. And so understanding that means even if you're just uploading videos there and you're not utilizing best practices, there's still opportunity for people to find your videos and the conversations that you're having. And so just being really intentional of what can we upload to YouTube and how can we find more pieces of content since basically recording 
uh, side note, Nils, what's funny is that have been transformed into studios hmm. for our kids team, for our youth, for uh, for our weekend production. Yep. Everything's becoming a studio because Love that's it. all we have right now. Yes. And so that means there's things being recorded. And when that happens, you have stuff that you can upload to YouTube, which is yep. the very best place um, to upload stuff. And so that's how, that's how I think about YouTube is if our stuff is on there, there's more of a connection point. There's more of a discoverability, not necessarily for our church to grow, but for our church to add to a conversation on, uh, on the coronavirus, on anxiety, on just any teachings of Jesus, which is, uh, the ultimate hope, the ultimate help in this season. Uh, and then understanding that we're also leveraging other churches, um, who may not be able to put a kid's service up on YouTube or may not have something for their youth in this season. It just provides an opportunity uh, to benefit people in that way. And so um, just really viewing YouTube as a search engine that's adding to the conversation that, like you said, Nils, has way more watch time uh, than a YouTube or a Facebook Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, it, and I, I love that perspective. When you start with search, one, one of the things that Sean has always said that, that caught my attention is when you're done editing your video, you're only halfway done with the work you need to That's do right. on YouTube. And I think this is where churches miss the mark. And and so what what I see, and in, in, in if, if your church is not on YouTube or you're kind of half-heartedly on there, I think you start with your sermons. I think, you, yep. you know, understanding the majority of engagement is going to happen on demand with your sermon content. And and people always say, well, it needs to be a minute and a half, two minute short content. YouTube average watch time is now over nine minutes. And and so people are watching long form content and the longer, the better if, it, if you keep their attention because YouTube's algorithm is driven by minutes watched. Um, and and yes. so, but their search engine is, also, is driven in many ways by minutes watched, but it's also driven by the title and it's also driven by the click-throughs. And that, so that's where you've got to put a ton of creative energy into your title and into your thumbnail. Uh, and that's what's really yes. going to drive that initial engagement. And so what I see churches doing is just letting YouTube automatically create their thumbnail uh, and, letting, and using the title of Sunday Sermon, October 27th, 2007. Uh, and they're using the date and not the title. And you got to think searchable title and then fill out the description because that's a part of search keywords as well and calls to action and information. And so spending that time utilizing the functionality. And then I think the last function that isn't as important, but I think it's still important is the end screen. And so that's giving people that opportunity to subscribe at the end or to watch another video that you have, because a lot of people will watch your first video and that will lead them to watching other videos. Um, Aaron, I'm curious uh, from your perspective, are there any other uh, functions within, within YouTube that you see as kind of key tools that, that churches should be leaning into? It looks like we have lost Aaron. Um, well, we will, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to go from here, but this is kind of a, a first here on the podcast, but, but I'm going to keep going and uh, we're going to keep talking about YouTube. Um, and so, I'm back. 
You're back. Here he is. One of the things I wanted to interject in that, in in regard to the searchability and and a lot of, uh, there's a great interview from Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church, who has the million subscribers. And and one of the fundamental shifts that he made, so not only are you adding content to the conversation, but he started realizing, man, my messages don't just last for one weekend. And then it's just a flash in a pan and it's gone. Um, and, and what I'm about to say is true of our church as well with 9,000 subscribers. There's people that will watch it weeks and months and even in some cases years, it depends on how long you've been doing this, after the message has been preached and it's uh, people are coming to Jesus and coming to learn about his teachings and being impacted in a profound way uh, and share. And then that leads to sharing. Uh, and so what you're doing, uh, particularly on YouTube more than any other platform, because I think even on Instagram and on Facebook, it can feel like a flash in a pan. I made a post and then it's gone and and you're never going to see it in the algorithm again. Um, But with YouTube, the stuff that you're putting on there, it's, it's building a resume and it doesn't go away. It just all compounds on top of each other. So it's important to think about playlists and organization. And you're talking about the thumbnail nails. One of the things that we focused on in this season is actually making custom series thumbnails. So the thumbnails look different based on the series, which is something I was thinking about before the coronavirus, but now it's even more important. And our team honestly has the bandwidth now because they're not focused on other things uh, in person to actually just focus on YouTube thumbnails because it's that important. But what I would encourage you with is when you're putting these messages out and when you're doing the upload, the reason these things are so important is because it might not be immediate, but maybe a month down the road, a couple months or even a couple years, that message could impact um, thousands and in transformation churches case, millions of people. Yes. Uh, and, and so if you haven't listened to that Carrie uh, Newhoff podcast episode, you, you yeah. should, because it, it will fundamentally change the way you think about the messages you're delivering on a weekend when they go up on YouTube. Sorry, I don't know where you were where I, I left. But I wanted to interject that <laughs> nah. regarding search. Oh, that it, and that's so good. I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that I love about this medium is is basically your Facebook video is irrelevant in 24 hours, totally. uh, but your YouTube video can get years and years and years of engagement. Uh, one of the channels that I, I get have the privilege of working on is Tim Keller's uh, YouTube channel. And it's amazing to see videos that are 10 years old, uh, getting good, good engagement. Nick Vujicic is another channel that I've worked on for many years. And same thing. I mean, one of his most popular videos is a video we did seven years ago uh, called the bully talk. It, and, and so much of it is because of search. People are searching bully yep. and his video is what comes up first. Um, And so when you think through that search engine and you get good engagement with a video, um, you never know what's going to happen. And and for Pastor Michael uh, at Transformation, it was Relationship Goals was that series that caught viral traction and uh, and it exploded. And it's just been a a snowball of momentum from there. Uh, But it was not that was not his first video. That was like his 217th video. Um, and so, and, and, and it doesn't mean you're ever going to hit a viral moment. I think slow and steady is really probably the healthiest, uh, and and most natural way to grow on this platform. But I think YouTube is the platform that is worth investing the most energy into that's going to stick around. I think Facebook is up and down. Instagram is up and down. I think TikTok is, you know, we don't even know where it's going to be in a month. Um, and so I think we've got to pivot and shift and, and adapt and adjust. But YouTube is one of those platforms that I, my biggest regret is not putting more creative and focused strategic energy into it um, leading up to now. 
uh, with other clients that I work with, other ministries that I've been a part yeah. of, uh, because that's the platform that I think is the platform of today. And it's going to continue to be maybe the most significant platform for churches in, over the next decade. We're going to wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast. Um, and, and I think we're, we're experiencing some technical difficulties here and that's Absolutely. something that you deal with uh, in, uh, in your world in online ministry. And so uh, that's, that's a reality. And, and I think the last thing I will mention is people are often asking me, should you do YouTube live? Um, and, uh, and I think the answer is yes. If you have the capacity to do YouTube live, if you're already pushing to Facebook live and other platforms, I think you should be on YouTube live. Uh, but I think you should prioritize on demand. And I think, uh, I, we have seen better engagement without worship with it just being the message on YouTube. Also thinking through, uh, the, the, the a welcome and a closing that is custom to that online viewer experience and not just prioritized for the room. Uh, and that's custom to somebody watching that's maybe two or three years from now and not just somebody watching that week. So a few things to think about. I hope this is giving you some practical advice. I hope it's been inspirational of, you know, it's time to dive into YouTube and to lean in and see how God can use this for uh, the life of your church. I appreciate it so much uh, you listening to this episode, and we will talk to you again on the next episode of the Social Media Church Podcast. Go to socialmedia.church for show notes and everything you need uh, to grow your church around social media. Thanks for listening.